you know, a lot of people I've spoken to, they didn't they didn't come here from Tokyo or from even Osaka or like a well connected city. A lot of people are coming here from the middle of nowhere, and they 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 want to go and see live music, and they want to meet people, and um, it's something that people have really missed. And so to have this um, back is something that a lot of people value very highly. And so you know, even if there is a risk associated uh, for a lot of people that we that I spoke to, it's you know it's a risk that they consider to be worth taking. Welcome back. You're listening to the Real Issues, Real Voices, Real Japan podcast by Japan Forward. Here at Japan Forward, we bring to our audience issues that are of real importance in and about Japan from the perspective and context of people inside of Japan, as expressed or captured by them who truly understand the nuances of culture, issues, and current events. In today's session, we catch up again with Ariel and Daniel, who are at Fuji Rock Festival. And they wrap up the event. Let's listen in. Thank you to our listeners and followers for joining us again for our Twitter space. We're seeing more people join us for this live conversation every time and appreciate it very much. But before we get started, let us introduce ourselves. For anybody unfamiliar with Japan Forward, we started in 2017 with the goal to reach global audiences, sharing stories, opinions, and editorial content from Japan. Our mission, shared by our supporters and followers, is to raise awareness of the Japanese spirit, culture, and tradition. And now let's introduce some of the some of our team who are in Twitter space. Let's try Ariel. See, is your phone's working again? Uh, hi, uh, my name is Ariel. Uh, I am a journalist at Japan Forward. I have been for four years, and uh, I cover a variety of topics,、uh, going from politics, economics, culture, and so on.、Um, but I've been working with、uh, Daniel for you know several editions of Fuji Rock now、uh, to cover、uh, the music scene in Japan. And、uh, excited to be talking about the final day of Fuji Rock today. Hi everybody, I'm Daniel.、Um, I am currently the、uh, chief editor of IGN Japan, which is a sister publication to Japan Forward. But I have、uh, been writing about music since 1999, believe it or not. And、uh, Fuji Rock, I don't know how many times I've been, but many times.、Uh, yeah, it's been really fun coming this time and covering loads of good music for Japan Forward. Thanks, Daniel and Ariel, and I know Micah, who's been who's been working alongside with you for the last couple of days. I think he's he's <laughs> he's hit his hit his limit, but looking forward、uh, to some of his content. Micah is horizontal right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right.、Um, so yeah, the team were in Naeba, Niigata, which is in the northern. Um, the northern part of、um, Honshu, in the main island of Japan, on the let's say the west, the west part of、um, that northern part,、um, and it, they're in Naiba Niigata, where Fuji Rock Festival was held over the last three days.、Um, Fuji Rock Festival is the largest outdoor music festival in Japan. It was called Fuji Rock because it had you know, its origins with.、Um, With the party set up just on the the base of、um, Fuji Mount Fuji,、um, but I think the organizers learned quickly that during this time of the year, typhoon and unpredictable weather can make can make for a very intense party. So the the venue and the venue was relocated to Niigata, so it's not really Mount Fuji, but it, that's where its essence is from. And so Daniel Ariel. 
and we're in, we're in Fuji Rock for the last three days. Got to meet some artists and bands, got to see a lot of performances and shows. And so today we're just going to wrap up um, just day three and the overall um, three day, three and a half day event. Um, and yeah, we could start with Ariel. Maybe what, what were your impressions of the, maybe a two, two part question is like, what were your highlights for day three? And then to follow up is like, what was your impressions of the, the overall um, Fuji Rock Festival this year? Okay. Um, so day three uh, was a very packed day. Um, not, I'm not sure quite as packed as yesterday, but we had uh, two interviews in the end, which we'll talk about more later. But uh, so it was, a, it was a packed day, lots of fun. Um, we started off in, uh, um, I guess, in the early afternoon, uh, with the, well, we saw in the sort of like, it, w- it wasn't like one of the main things that we were covering, but we saw Japanese breakfast on the green stage at 1 p.m. Um, so that was the, that was the fun uh, thing to see. They're not Japanese and they're not, you know, breakfast related, but it was a very nice sort of chill act to see in the sort of sunny Naiba. And so that was a fun thing to see. But then uh, other things that we saw was uh, 2 p.m. We saw Elephant Gym. Um, which uh, I won't get into the technical things about how they're set because I don't think I'm as good at it as Daniel, but uh, it was really fun to see their set five after having interviewed them uh, yesterday. Uh, So that was definitely a highlight. Um, And then in terms of things that we did in the afternoon, uh, we got to interview uh, Tokyo Ska Paradise Orchestra, um, who, you know, are sort of Ska-inspired, well, orchestra. (laughs) as it happens but yeah they have been around for a really long time and they're really uh popular uh in, in japan but also abroad and so meeting this uh sort of uh band member that was uh, so passionate about perf- performing abroad and had such a background and you know uh i don't know like he, he was very sensitive to like how to get the attention and the the the, the warmth of the crowd going and so I think uh, it was an interesting conversation. And uh, and then for me, a highlight also of the evening was that uh, I got to see the second half of the set of Muramasa. Uh, he's a British uh, um, musician. Um, and uh, I had a sort of very vague idea about him, um, but seeing his set live was uh, really, he's a really, really good musician. And he had some very interesting uh, collaborations with female artists that were also really, really good. So I'd say in a, nutshell that was what happened today but uh, uh there was much there was other things as well but i think that those are the main things for me you got to see a lot of british artists during the last three days yes absolutely yeah <laughs> there's a bit of a pattern <laughs> <laughs> it's, it must be were you missing the accent or like what <laughs> the culture oh <laughs> uh, i think well i mean I, I lived in the uk right so i think i have some influence left over of that i mean and I mean, for Muramasa, for example, was some of my friends went to see him in university. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I wish that I would have gone. And so now get to see them in Japan of all places. <laughs> so, um, but it was pretty good and they were very well, well received uh, by the Fuji Rock crowd, uh, which I was actually surprised with because I thought it would be a bit more, I don't know, like indie and so on. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, everybody seemed to enjoy it. So that was fun. That's great. That's great. All right. How about yourself, Daniel? What were your highlights for day three? Uh, well, let's see. So, um, <clears throat> we saw a lot of the same uh, stuff as each other today. So, um, the highlights might be similar, but uh, to take one that uh, Ariel maybe did not pick up on just now was uh, 
Zuto Mayonaka de Inon, which means uh, if yes. only it could be midnight all the time. Uh, I think we all understand that feeling very well. Uh, and they are a Japanese band. Um, they've only been around like uh, a, a couple of years. Yeah. But, um, well, yeah, a, few, a few years. But for, formed out of the kind of the... Um, so in Japan, there's a very strong scene around Vocaloid, which is music that is made using... I mean, you might have heard of Hatsune Miku, it's one of the most famous ones, but it's software that sings, basically. And... Um, a lot of the Vocaloid producers uh, of the sort of the big first wave of Vocaloid, you know, they would release songs that got maybe millions of, of plays or whatever. They started to go on and become producers of, uh, of uh, bands as well. So um, Zutomayo kind of comes from that scene. Um, so the, the, it's interesting because Vocaloid is by its very nature, something that is like a homemade uh, home studio kind of DIY kind of music. But you're taking that template, but transplanting it to a band sound. So it's, it sounds like it's a very like particular sound um, that's popular at the moment in Japan. And um, Zutomayo, yeah, they they, um, they play that kind of music. Um, they also have this thing uh, which is common ar- around some of these artists that they don't like to show their uh, faces in any publicity materials and things like that. So uh, if you want to see what they look like, you've got to come to the show. And um, they were great. They, they played, um, they had what they kind of, cause you, you know, you come to these big festivals, you have the big sort of jumbo screens where you can see like uh, close-ups of all the artists and that kind of thing. But you know, because they don't show their faces, everything's obscured. It's all shown with like, um, blurred camera, uh, footage or, uh, it's cut just at the neck <laughs> of each of the members and things like that. Yeah. But, but what you're, but what you're losing it with that, they, they more than make up for with, uh, this, uh, quite impressive um, sort of sense of showmanship that's definitely leveled up a lot since we last saw them at Fuji Rock three years ago. Where, um, in addition to all the you know main members of the band, they they, they have they have one guy who's playing like the, they had a panel of like five CRT TV TV monitors, <laughs> like old fashioned televisions, like the old tube TVs. Um, he was playing them as percussion. So as he hit each one, they played a different. Uh, Slight, they were tuned slightly differently. And so he was playing these amazing percussion things on, on these televisions. And then they had a couple of um, like old school analog reel-to-reel tape machines, which they were playing almost like a almost like a violin, I guess, where they, they were sort of threading the tape back and forth through these machines to, to make these uh, really strange analog sounds. Um, in addition to the music, which is very pop, poppy, but very... Uh, cerebral at the same time. Anyway, they were very, very good. And, uh, yeah, that was a definite highlight for me. Yeah, I've also seen Zutomayo live when I was working on YouTube and I agree with a lot of the points that you, you've got to experience them live even though they don't show their faces or reveal their identity. Um, and it's quite, um, yeah, it's an interesting way to just focus on the music and listen to um, the melodies, the layers of sounds that they create. I think, yeah, Daniel, you pointed out that they do bring out and draw out a lot of interesting sounds from um, non-conventional conventional instruments. And I think that's what makes their their group um, very, very interesting. Um, and their vocalist is very, very, very articulate um, with, her, with her diction and just her pacing and the tempo. I think they have Zutomaya as the wonderful group. Glad that you got to see them or like got to experience them live again. 
Um, yeah, so let's maybe go back to the second part of my question and we can um, wrap up Fuji Rock 2022 for this year. Um, so Fuji Rock 2022 returns to a live format um, again, inviting international um, artists to Japan. Um, previously, it was a challenge to bring international artists and bands to Japan because of COVID-19 protocols. And a, a recent um, Fuji Rock event only featured um, local homegrown talent. But now we've seen, we've seen the return of international guests and talent. Um, and also, yeah, just, it was the scale is starting to pick up to what it was before COVID-19 hit. So I think both of you had interviews with a lot of people and got to meet um, meet um, the Fuji Rockers and maybe get their opinions on um, how the live um, music experience has changed. And you talked about COVID-19, are they worried about it? Are there changes to, to the experience? But like overall for 2022 Fuji Rock Festival, what, what, what did you think about, um, yeah, in the context of in our era now of the COVID-19 and also just, you know, it is kind of like a privilege to, to travel over, overseas and internationally. Um, what would you think of the overall event? Let's start with Ariel. Let's see. First of all, I hope that it doesn't sound too terrible because the music started in the Red Monkey. So um, we'll see how this goes. But anyway, <laughs> um, the, uh, I would say that uh, uh, it was a it was a successful event uh, from my perspective and from what I saw. Uh, I, I say that like I am cautiously optimistic in the sense that we talked with people that were on the ground. And, you know, about how they were feeling about, you know, Fuji uh, Rock taking place in the midst of COVID and whether they were uneasy about it taking place. And most people were just of the opinion that if you took care and if you, uh, you know, applied the appropriate measures of like self-hygiene and washing your hands and wearing masks and so on, um, you know, it seemed reasonable that... Uh, yeah, could occur and could take place and if anything they were really really grateful that it was happening like many of them were just like very happy that there was like a sort of uh, you know it's there seemed to be a return of normality to, no, to of sorts uh, and so in that sense I think there's one thing um, from the artist side as well I mean I think you know there was a variety I mean I can talk about the artists that I spoke with so in my case uh, Zombie Chang uh, she was saying how, if anything, like COVID was a, a period of self-discovery for her, a way of like finding out that actually she is pretty happy just staying at home. And like, uh, you know, uh, sort of, uh, she, if anything, she wants to find ways of delivering her music where she doesn't have to be so much in contact with, uh, you know, so many photographers and always like bombarded with information and so on. She can just focus on her music. Uh, but then, you know, we had, we spoke, for example, today with uh, Bloody Wood. We managed to interview them and they were saying, you know, like other, they were saying other things about how they were, uh, you know, they, they're used to like the bureaucracy having to go through rules to travel and so on. And so how they're, um, you know, they're really happy. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that things are sort of like going back to normality, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear also what Dana has to add to this as well. I mean, I would add that I mean, I've spoken to a lot of people at the festival, um, festival goers and also artists while we've been here. Um, and, you know, a lot of people I've spoken to 
they didn't they didn't come here from Tokyo or from even Osaka or like a well connected city. A lot of people are coming here from the middle of nowhere and they 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 want to go and see live music and they want to meet people and um, it's something that people have really missed. And so to have this um, back is something that a lot of people value very highly. And so you know even if there is a risk associated. Uh, for a lot of people that we that I spoke to, it's you know it's a risk that they consider to be worth taking. I mean, it's a difficult one. You know, like Ariel said, a lot of people that we that we are, uh, you know, are you comfortable with uh, coming to a festival amid amid another spike in, in COVID in Japan? A lot of people said, you know, like Ariel said, you know, well as long as we made the rules and there are all these you know rules and they're looking out for us and everybody most people are obeying the rules or whatever and it's true but we don't really know and so who knows in a week's time two weeks time when we finally know the impact of you know the festival it could turn out that it was a super spreader event we don't know and again then again it might not be i mean it certainly feels safer to be in an, spending your whole day outdoors uh, than being in tokyo and, and being among people in enclosed spaces um, but it's, it's impossible to tell, really. But certainly, you know, whether whether the risks whether the risks themselves are, you know, uh, how risky the situation is or not, is something that only time will tell. But certainly, in terms of people's willingness willing willingness to take the risk and to uh, just be happy that they can come out and meet people, that's certainly the overriding feeling that we got from people that we spoke yeah that's well said um maybe if i was to add that you know it's one of those cliche things that music brings people together um there are a lot of international artists where like english is not even their first language nor japanese is one of their spoken languages but they're here in japan um and they're here in fuji rock performing for people that they might be seeing for the first time um and and yeah and like because of what you said people are just maybe trying to find a reason or trying to find an excuse to meet other people and music was like the centerpiece in that and i think that's something um yeah i think that's something ad- admirable to think about for food for smash the, the the promoters to put on fuji rock despite all the adversity and despite all the like the numbers spiking up in tokyo recently um so yeah thanks guys for your coverage this weekend um all the content is still rolling in i believe um bit tomorrow and maybe throughout the week but there's interviews there's like photography there's some uh some what coverage of some of the the things that you saw this this week and the stages that you you got to to experience so all that's on live on japan forward um so for our listeners just head over to japan forward and you'll see in the top menu there's um entertainment and you can click fuji rock underneath that and you can see some of the coverage there so thank you to all our followers um for joining us in today um, follow us on twitter instagram and facebook we also have a youtube channel and our spaces will be available on spotify and apple music so please listen to that um and subscribe to that as well um, at japan forward we're looking for contributors and writers get in contact with us if you want to um, contribute with your skill set that you think would add value to our vision so please don't hesitate to get in touch and before we finally wrap up um, any last words ariel and daniel i would just like to say that i mean for me like this is the sort of the second time like covering future rock so it like compared to the first time i feel like it was a bit 
like the first time I just feel like I was completely overwhelmed by how much, you know, things were going on and, you know, and uh, whereas this time I felt that I could uh, really get into it, but at the same time really enjoy it. And I think I had a real opportunity to, um, you know, see all the different facets of Fujiro that make it so unique and especially appreciate it because we haven't had Fujiro like in this form for three years now. And so I'm, yeah, just particularly grateful for this edition. I think it was a very, you know, fingers crossed. Uh, we can be cautiously optimistic that nothing will happen with the COVID-19, but um, it was a, it was an interesting edition to cover and I'm really grateful that I could do it from here. Yes, thank you, Ariel. And Daniel, any last words? I mean, I've been coming to music festivals my whole life since I was, uh, you know, 14 years old, which I'm old, so that's a long time. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's being, being out here in the mountains, being surrounded by amazing live music everywhere, being surrounded by just people who are excited to watch live music has been a really, uh, it's, it's been a really just a wonderful feeling. And like, you know, it's been for, for all of us uh, during the pandemic, it's been like two and a half years, three years since we've come to anything like this for a lot of people. And uh, it, uh, it sort of feels, in a way, it feels like it was only yesterday that we were here last time, but in another way, it feels like a really long time. And it's so nice to be uh, back at it. We were watching uh, Japanese Breakfast this morning. And, you know, that's, that's a band that I like, but it's not like one of my favorite bands, but they, they played a cover of a song by the Cranberries. Um, who are an old uh, Irish band who I used to love when I was younger and um, a song called Dreams a very optimistic song the singer of the Cranberries died a couple of years ago very young and it, it hit, that hit me really hard and, and then while they're singing this beautiful rendition of this song they have a on their big video screen they're showing footage from a Wong Kar Wai movie called Chunking Express. Chunking Express features a version of this same song by the Cranberries, but it's a Mandarin version of the song. And so there's all this stuff going on. It's like, it's this song that I love. It's this band that had this tragic stuff happen. It's this movie that I really loved and it's footage that I haven't seen for, for years and years. And I just suddenly felt this tear, this tear rolling down the cheek. And it's something that really only happens when you're, you know, in, when you're out in, in a place like this. And uh, I think um, you can argue about the um, importance, you know, during a pandemic of putting on what many might see, see as a frivolous event. Um, and I'm sure there's all sorts of arguments for and against it. But when you think about the last couple of years of what we haven't had and how much it, how painful it's been to go without stuff like this, uh, I think that's as good a reason as any to, uh, to do it. So yeah, it's been, it's been wonderful. Well said. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, Ariel. And thank you to our listeners. Have a good evening and have a good, um, yeah, good start of next week. Tomorrow is August 1st. Can't believe it's already the end of July. All right. Have a good night, everyone. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Real Issues, Real Voices, Real Japan podcast by Japan Forward. Visit our website for more information regarding our podcast and other news on Japan. Catch you next time.